Gracious and holy God, we come to you, your faithful people, bringing to you our joys and concerns, knowing that you hear our prayers. Holy God, we come to you praying and praising you for the joys that we have experienced in our lives, the simple joys of time with family and friends, the joy of the love that you have shown us in your son, Jesus. Gracious God, we come to you praying for those that we have weighing upon our hearts. We pray for those who are in mourning and in grief. We pray that you would touch them and give them your comfort. Holy God, we come to you praying that you would be with those who are sick and in need of healing. You are the great physician. And we trust in you to bring the healing that only you can give. Father God, we come to you praying your forgiveness of our sins and our failings. Lord, sometimes I think we fall into the trap of feeling that sin is only doing something wrong, but sometimes it is what we do not do that is a sin. When we forget to love our neighbor, when we forget to share our joy of you with others, Forgive us, we pray. Break us and remake us into the image of your Son that we might be the hands and feet of Jesus to those around us. Holy God, on this day, we pray for our healers, peacekeepers and peacemakers, our doctors, nurses, military and law enforcement. We pray for all who serve, but especially we pray for the friends and family of these churches that you would give them your protection and peace. Holy God, we lift up to you our leaders in government. We pray that you would give them wisdom from on high, that you might use them to do your will. And Lord, we look for that day, that great day when your kingdom shall come on earth as it is in heaven, when Jesus shall reign forevermore. Gracious God, we pray for those that do not know you. We pray that you would use us as your messengers to share your light with them, that all might come to know the name of Jesus and be saved. Lord, all of these joys and concerns we bring to you today. We lay them down at your feet in the name of your son, Jesus, knowing you hear our every prayer. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, we continue to pray to you this day. The prayer your son, Jesus, taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
Continuing with our series in the book of Ecclesiastes, we will be looking today at Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And to follow that up, we will go to Matthew chapter 6. We'll be reading Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 1 through 7, Matthew 6, verses 1 through 18. Solomon writes and says, As you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. Don't make rash promises and don't be hasty in bringing matters before God. After all, God is in heaven and you are here on earth, so let your words be few. Too much activity gives you restless dreams. Too many words make you a fool. When you make a promise to God, don't delay in following through, for God takes no pleasure in fools. Keep all the promises you make to Him. It is better to say nothing than to make a promise and not keep it. Don't let your mouth make you sin, and don't defend yourself by telling the temple messenger that the promise you made was a mistake. That would make God angry, and he might wipe out everything you have achieved. Talk is cheap, like daydreams and other useless activities. Fear God instead. And Matthew 6 Verses 1 through 18. This is in the midst of what we typically refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets, Call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give, someone, give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private and your father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. 
If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I've known people that would promise a great deal of many things, really big things. They would promise to do some really good things. The problem is that they would fail to deliver on those promises. Not necessarily that they intentionally lied, although some may have, but rather their mouths got ahead of their ability. I try very hard not to do the same myself. I can think of only one or two things during this pandemic that I had told folks I would try to do that I failed to come through. But that wasn't for a lack of trying. It has been a difficult year, but I digress. I think some of the worst offenders of the promise big, come through little are, surprise, surprise, politicians. They're not the only ones, though. But they make all kinds of campaign promises, and they have to. It's the nature of the game, I guess. They make all kinds of campaign promises in order to get elected, and then either because they never meant them, or, and you see I work in government, so I know kind of how this goes, um, sometimes the realities of government gridlock and bureaucracy come into play, and suddenly the promises that they made became chaff in the wind simply because it, it, they were unable to do them. The way the government is structured, it just wasn't going to allow it without serious upheaval. And the one thing I can tell you about government is government does not like to change. Government likes status quo. Solomon in Ecclesiastes gives a warning here in the middle of his long monologue about the futility of life. And to me, this passage here that he gives in Ecclesiastes may be one of the most topical in our day today. And Solomon gives a lot of practical wisdom here in this passage for this one brief moment, we get him in a spot where he's not just saying, oh, everything's useless and futile, which he's kind of heading that direction again anyway. But we've kind of got him in a spot where he's uh, griping a little less about the futility of life and more talking about, hey, this is some wisdom that you need to, to take on in life. And that is that essentially what he's saying is don't go running off at the mouth in front of God don't make promises you can't keep. My favorite line that he uses is, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. 
Don't we know a lot of people that we sometimes wish they would do that just a maybe just a little bit more? Not trying to be hostile here, but I think we all know a few people like that. You wish that they just open these up just a little bit wide, like Johnny Fever said, as he's switching to rock and roll music, and shut the mouth and listen. Much of Ecclesiastes is kind of difficult reading and leans towards the philosophical. And if that thing isn't your bag too much, then much of what Solomon shares can be frankly boring. I know that. Believe me. I'm a person that practically has a philosophy minor. And I, I understand that. Philosophy is not for everybody. But here what I find is Solomon telling people in the midst of of reminding them that they are here today and gone tomorrow, that we are to have reverence for God. Reverence for God is something that is sorely lacking in American society today. In America, our rugged individualism tells us that we are the makers of our destiny. We are our own little gods. Even American Christians have their moments of approaching God with a boldness that I think the Apostle Paul would say was never intended. Our name it and claim it ideology that says that if we go to God and say, give me this, he's obligated to give it to us. Honestly, once in a while, we need to have moments of approaching God in the quiet and remembering the words in the song by Kansas that we are all dust in the wind. I bet you could play that one. We likely think of Solomon's warnings as directed towards outright hypocrites. But we need to remember the subtlety of hypocrisy. No one who's a hypocrite thinks that they're a hypocrite. They think that they're being sincere. And with that, I want to kind of turn to Jesus' words about giving, prayer, and fasting because they interrelate so much with what Solomon is saying here about saying, don't make promises you can't keep. Let your words be few. Be open to listening. Come to God with reverence and fear. And when I say fear God, I don't mean fear him as the great lightning bolt thrower. That's not what I mean. I mean, reverence him as the one that he made everything. Every star in the sky, every blade of grass on the ground. He has even every black hole that is floating out there in the cosmos somewhere. He made all of these things. And we are finite little things that for whatever reason, he's decided to have a relationship with us. Let us go into that humbly. That is what fearing God is all about. So Jesus is giving these points about giving and prayer and fasting. And what you have to understand is the Pharisees and the priests that did these things that Jesus was condemning thought that they were being good Jews when they made big showy prayers and lots of pomp when they gave charitably. For one thing, the whole thing with when it talks about trumpets in the synagogues and the streets whenever you do your charity, part of that, my understanding, was 
if you were poor and you heard the trumpets going, that means, hey, free meal. And they all come. It's a way to announce that charity is being given. But the problem that kind of came along with that was a certain sense of those who were doing the giving saying, Oh, I will condescend to give give to you, you little people. We're 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 such good Jews, we're such spiritual people, we will make sure and take care of you, little people. And it became condescending. When they prayed, they felt that the more agitated and the the the, the better um, fringe that they had on their robe. There is I can't explain all of it, but uh, the Pharisees would have this fringe hem on their robe that was to help them when they prayed. Uh, they would wear these phylacteries on their head as um, basically a box that had a little scripture in it. I think it was the Shema that says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And whenever they would pray, they would be very pious. And some of them did it sincerely, but some of them did it because they thought, Oh, the bigger show I get, the more God's going to like it. In short, they felt their actions made them good. And Jesus here throws dirt on that whole idea. And this is where we come to this whole notion of reverence for God. As said earlier, we are a people lacking in reverence. Nothing is considered sacred anymore. We are taught from an early age to be proud and to talk big. Solomon, however, tells us talk is cheap. When we come into God's presence, it is better for us to stop and listen rather than speak to be heard. And this all involves a realignment of the heart. If we are to achieve what Solomon is alluding to here and what Jesus is saying directly here, it involves realignment of the heart. We talk, we talk about us, what we want, and what we think. That tends to be what happens. We listen. When we listen, we are saying to the one that we are listening to that they are the most important thing to us right now. How much time do you spend in your prayer life just listening compared to how much of it do you spend saying, God, will you please do this and will you please do this and A, B, C, and D. God wants us to bring our prayers to him. But I think there's kind of an exchange here. So it's like, okay, if you have a lot of things you're concerned about, Spend a lot of time listening for the answers to those concerns. When we listen, we're telling the one that we're listening to they are the most important thing to us. Jesus tells us that God would rather a simple prayer. The Lord's Prayer is very simple and to the point. We've, we've made it into a ritual a, a good ritual, as long as it's done appropriately. But take a moment and read those words in the Bible, and you find this prayer lasts the better part of 20 seconds. 
saying, it basically is saying, God, let you be honored and may your kingdom come. Lord, please give us the things we need. Lord, please forgive us as we forgive others. Lord, let us not be taken into the time of trial. Please deliver us from the evil one. Amen. That's it. Different translations have added on the closing. For thine is the kingdom and the power and glory forever. Amen. But that's basically a reiteration of the opening. God, may your name be honored. And may your kingdom come. A simple, to the point prayer. So Jesus is saying that he would rather a prayer like that and a heart that is turned to listen to the master of the universe than someone who can speak with the greatest eloquence in the world and have the finest fringe on their robe and make the biggest show of piety to the public. He would much rather the simple prayer and an open listening heart. There is a reason why I typically wait a bit before I start talking during congregational prayers. I either wait up here or I wait in my seat, but I typically don't get up right after the song is sung and just start in praying. We need to learn that prayer is less about us talking and more about spending time with and listening to God. It gives us a more humble perspective about ourselves. But again, we're dust in the wind. And it opens our hearts to receive the message from the God who loves us even though we are dust. We live in a culture that is loud and frankly obnoxious. It says that we are the center of the universe. Let us resist the temptation to arrogance before God and approach Him humbly. Not with lots of words or show, but with hearts that say, God, I'm here. I know I'm not worthy, but I'm here to listen. When we do that, Jesus says that the God who hears us in secret will reward us openly. And the greatest reward is having the privilege of being in the presence of the one who made you and loves you, even though you are dust. Amen. And as we contemplate spending time and being with God, let us prepare our hearts this day to share in Holy Communion. And for the sake of hearing, I'm going to read the whole liturgy up here, even though I typically would do it back by the table because I'm not mic'd up today. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets who looked for that day when justice shall roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. When nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. At his ascension, you exalted him to sit and reign with you at your right hand. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and he broke it, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, blessed it, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this cup, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen.
Christ's body is broken for you. And the blood of Christ is shed for you. May the blessings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, go with you wherever you are. Lord, please help us to have hearts and ears that are open to listen to you. That we would come to you humbly, desiring to hear from you, the creator of the universe. That we would come to you humbly, that we might be instruments of your will. And that you might use us to share your love with all who would hear it. We praise you and ask that you go and be with us. Bless us and keep us. Till we meet here again, 
In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. And go in peace.